Yeah, the SLK from UC Irvine, where I'm not joking around here, Clinton Yates, when I say there are thousands of Rams fans all around the practice fields here at UCI. I mean, I'm looking to the north, it's jam-packed. Yeah. I'm looking to the south, it's jam-packed. By the way, I have no idea which direction I just went. I was going to say, I, did you, I, was like, I was totally not caught off guard by the Cardinal Points references. Basically, just to break it down, we're in the middle of the two practice fields. To our right, we've got Matthew Stafford taking various reps. To our left, we've got what looks to be the kickoff team. Scott, this is what you know a lot about, the kicking of the football. And to our flanks, if you will, there are two grandstands. And on the other side, to the right outside, boxing that all in, are the are for our further stands hospitality suite. So we're right in the middle. We got a great view. I saw Matthew Stafford throw a couple footballs earlier today. The footwork looks tremendous. He looks svelte, Cap, which is what we like in these streets. Folks are getting the drinks moving. The DJ's here. We got some Adirondack chairs in the back for the old folks to chill out on. This is a great scene. It is a beautiful afternoon, and it's the first day of Rams training camp. And the I think the excitement in our voices is you just kind of you catch the fever. Palpable. You, you know, everybody's got their Rams gear on. People got beers in their hands. It's a beautiful summer afternoon. I just ran into a couple of guys that literally drove down from Big Bear with their three kids for the first time ever coming to Rams training camp. And everybody's wow. all decked out in Rams gear. But, Clinton, let me ask you a question. Yeah. You've already seen Matthew Stafford throw the football. Yeah. Have you already made up your mind that based on just what you've seen thus far in the first five minutes of practice here today, that the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl? I mean, are you pretty sure about that right now? <laughs> no, but what I will say is that, and I've said this before on this program, and I said it yesterday, the leadership value that a guy who knows what he's doing brings to proceedings like this is immeasurable in many cases. And Stafford's face is all over the different, uh, you know, billboards and so forth over here in Irvine, and he's just... You know, listen, I'm not saying he's taking guys into a battlefield, but he is leading a football team. And you can tell when the guy who's leading the football team has the command and the respect of the room and the field. Even just in these last 20 minutes, you can tell that Matthew Stafford is the leader of this team. All right, Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, will be here coming up at 445 this afternoon. So if you are a Rams fan, if you're an NFL fan, if you're interested to hear what the general manager has to say about what he's got, what he lost, and whatever else we might wind up talking to him about, Les Snead will be here at 445. So I don't care if you have to set an alarm on your phone at 444 <laughs> to remind you, 445, Les Snead is here. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. You're looking around here, you know? You got 100 players out there in uniform, guys going through random drills right now. What does this do for you? Because, because for me, this is this has got to be big for you. Yeah, I know this is this is this is different for me than it is for you. Oh, we got Johnny Hecker out there, my favorite Ram sidebar. Um, yes, that's a fact. Uh, I, what I like about this, quite frankly, is that we're getting a return to the fan experience. Now, it's not the same. You can't walk up and touch them the way that you used to. There, guys are people are all along the. Um, the sort of railings, but like clearly these folks are excited to be here. That's what it does for me. Folks are coming out with their families. We got a lot of jerseys. Folks got their best fits on. That matters to me, that the fan experience is back to something preseason that is relatable, you know, because this is what folks like to do. They like to see their football players play football, even if it's not necessarily full contact drills. Just looking at them move around and do the things that they do, it's satisfying for a lot of different fans, and you can tell from the people that showed up here today. All right, so I love being here at training camp. 
I love an NFL training camp, yeah. but I, ha I particularly love what the Rams have done here at UC Irvine because coming to Orange County gives fans from San Diego a chance to come up. It gives fans a chance from L.A. to come down. Yeah. And it gives everybody from Riverside County an opportunity to head a little bit west, quite a bit west. Nonetheless, I got to tell you a quick story, Clinton. What happened? How'd you get here today? We need to hear the story of your journey. That is most important. Well, it all started in 1993. <laughs> here we go. Okay. <laughs> Greg Bergman, listen to this story. It started in 1993. It was a very lonely life as an undrafted free agent kicker in the National Football League. <laughs> Straight out of Pitt. Straight out of the University of Pittsburgh. And I was walking onto the practice field at the University of California, San Diego. Okay. And there was Junior Seau. And there was Stan Humphreys, and there was Leslie O'Neill, and these were all great San Diego Chargers. And I was an undrafted free agent kicker whose chance of making the team was very, very small. Right. John Carney was the incumbent kicker. Oh, Carney was a legend. Total legend, but he wasn't a legend yet. Okay. So he's kind of early in his career, and I'm kind of a young guy, and I'm going to compete against Carney, and I'm walking out, and I'm carrying a San Diego Charger helmet. And I'm walking onto the field, and just like we are right here, there was a live radio broadcast happening at this training camp. And I remember walking onto that field and I thought, I don't know why, but I'd rather be up there talking about it than down here playing. Okay, so you had a vision. Bergman, are you buying this? Yes. Yes, I am. This is very much what I could see when Scott, Scott Kaplan walking onto a field. This is all makes sense to me. I was like, you know what? It's kind of fun. Right. I had a really fun college experience. I wanted to play in the NFL. My dad wanted me to play. I wasn't like, but it wasn't like my you obsession You weren't going in nuts life. over it. I mean, right. to your point, I mean, listen, Hecker's out here getting through his leg motions. We love to see that. But what does a kicker do through all these practices, particularly in training camp? I've been watching the guys that they've already got here. And earlier in this practice, before it all started, they were working on kickoffs because that's the special teams period that they're running over here. And they're just running through drills right now. And they're already done as they've moved into other drills but look at these punters right here the first they're working on their drops you know yeah. they're working on catching their snaps working on positioning of where the ball's supposed to be dropping and it's just so tedious and i just i you, honestly you were I, over it i looked up in the stands and i saw these guys on sports radio and i was walking there i'm like junior sales a world-class athlete i don't belong next to that guy <laughs> you know and and i really that's where the story started but i'd be curious to hear your story today on getting down here to training camp. How so things go? when we figured things out, we were trying to figure out how we were going to get to Irvine. And I had to hit up Greg. And I was like, tell you what, bro, I don't know where Irvine is. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? How about I'll give you a ride? So Greg scoops, scoops me up. We take a ride down. What's the road? We were just going down. It was down the 405. We're trying to do the Californians bit. Where oh, yeah, you yeah, exactly. So we went from the 90. We went on the 90 from Marine down to the 405. And the 405 we took down to... Uh, what was it? The Don't you? Shouldn't you like put on like the dialect? You know, like so we were walking down. Yeah, okay. to, we're going down the 405. <laughs> see, and like totally just made it all the way down. <laughs> anyway, so we were trying to figure out where we were going to eat, and so we hit up our friend Travis Rogers to ask him where in Irvine should we eat. He was excited by the matter. He literally texted me, "Ooh, what do you guys? What kind of time do you have?" And I was like, "Well, we'd like to sit down." So we suggested one place. It was at uh, the Spectrum mm -hmm. here, and it was just a little too hectic. We didn't have that kind of time, and so we went to a different place. We went to a ramen joint instead. Had a nice ramen. Walked around the mall a little bit. I went to my van store, as I like to do. I, I made Greg go through that crap. And so, yeah, we walked around the mall a little bit, walked off to lunch, came up here, and now we're good to go. This is an excellent scene. Right. I'm wearing a pink Oxford shirt 
For those of you who are wondering what's going on in the Handsome Man community, we're doing well. We're going to get a picture and post that on ESPN LA soon. And I just posted a video just moments ago of the entire Handsome Man leader and those <laughs> that are aspiring members of the Handsome Man community. And so I just posted a video on Twitter so you can check out what's going on here. It's a good scene. Um, let me ask you guys a quick question, though, because before we all came in to Rams training camp, everybody had to present vaccinations. Yeah. And we had to take a rapid test. So I go over to the Rams team hotel. I pull up. I open my window. The woman asked me for my name. I give it to her. She said, okay. And she doesn't say to me, like, okay, so I'm going to take this big Q-tip and I'm going to stick it up your nose. Like, she doesn't – there's no warning of any kind. There's no communication of any sort. She just straps on the gloves, takes the Q-tip, and without any words of any kind, just starts coming at me. And now it's in, like, slow motion. You, you know? Like, it's coming straight. I'm like, I actually put my hands up. I go – Were you by yourself? Yeah, totally by myself. Okay. I, I put my hands up. I go, hold on. You're going to stick that up my nose, right? She no, goes, she didn't stick it all the way up your nose, did she? She's no, not no, supposed no. to go that far. No, no she was just, just kind of like, yeah, like swap. swerving around in my nose. Now, by the way, I just recently had my nostrils waxed. What are we doing here? Yeah, what, what is what? that about? We talked about this like a week or so ago. <laughs> no, it was about six waxing. weeks ago. Was it six weeks ago that yes. you got your nostrils waxed? And every six weeks, yes. Oh, boy. So now oh, she's no. coming at me. Clinton Yates, <laughs> yeah. with this Q-tip in slow motion. I put my hands up. I go, yo, like, hold whoa, on. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I just got waxed over here. Right. Oh, I'm waxed and waxed. Let's, <laughs> right? And so, so she goes, you know what I'm going to do. And then she, she did. She stuck it in my nose. She swirled it all around. And she told me, she said, hey, if you hear from us in 30 minutes. Yeah, we're, gonna we're good. Do, yeah. Look, we're not going to worry about that right now, okay? We're in Orange County. Everybody's feeling good. The air is clean. All right, the Rams are looking they're looking, I'm going to say quasi-fresh. The practice jerseys, still a little dingy with the bone color, but we're working on that. We're working on that. You know, I like the look of this place, man. I've never been to this campus before either, Cap. Yeah, this is um, this is a very, you talk about overrated, underrated. <laughs> UC Irvine is a very underrated campus. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. The way they've been able to set up these fields all these stands, corporate hospitality on the other side, lots of space for the players to spread out. Fans, there's beer fest going on. You can probably hear behind us there's a DJ. So this is an awesome day. First day of NFL training camp. First day of Rams training camp. And let me tell you something. If we could just dream big for a minute here. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's dream big. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl in Tampa. Nobody really there. I mean, First time the in the history of the NFL that a home team has played, never mind won, a Super Bowl on their home field. So why not dream big? The Rams in SoFi for the Super Bowl. I mean, you just talk about, like, huge for the NFL, for the Rams, for the football community of Los Angeles, yeah. for that brand-new super stadium. I mean, that, that – that's what today's really all about. If the you know? Rams make the Super Bowl, Cap, that's a dream come true on a lot of levels for the NFL. Forget about just, you know, sort of the novelty element. Getting the L.A. market back into things in a way that we haven't seen in basically forever, a, a whole generation in terms of success like that. And this team is, you know, this is not a long shot here. What are they, third in Vegas, Greg, to, yeah, right to get to the Super Bowl? Yep. You know, this is a top five contender for the Super Bowl, and it's not ridiculous. You know, that might have been the case even if they hadn't upgraded their quarterback, and they did. You know, so 
I think it would be an amazing story for Los Angeles, like you said, from the facility standpoint at SoFi, from a team standpoint, especially now that you've got the Raiders in Vegas and all this other stuff going on. It, it feels like whatever the investment in L.A. was would pay off if this team could even just make it to the Super Bowl this season. Scott. Well, with Clinton Yates and Greg Bergman, we are here live today at UC Irvine for Rams training camp. Laura Romo, at Unique, U-N-E-E-Q underscore, is holding it down at home base, and we're going to have a great show. Les Need, the general manager of the Rams, is going to be here at 445. Then these guys are going to be in a full-blown practice, and then later in the show, we're going to have a bunch of players stop by. I know Robert Woods, the USC product, is going to stop by later on. We are live from Rams training camp, driven by your Southern California Hyundai dealers. Get Hyundai you've always wanted. The Hyundai you've always wanted. It's your journey. So own it. That was a B-minus read. You can do better. We've heard better yeah. from you. No, I left out <laughs> the word, the Hyundai. It changes the whole thing, right. too. If you just go get Hyundai, it's no good. So own it next time. I'm going to own it. That's what they say. It's my journey. I'm going to own it. <laughs> Clinton Yates, are you ready for today's day? I mean, I'm really excited. I was born ready, buddy. Again, the handsome man community comes out of the womb ready to rock. <laughs> All right, listen. We got a lot to get to today. Dodgers blow it up last night against San Francisco. There's a lot of talk today about an article that was published about the Lakers' window of opportunity. I definitely want to get there. And we're live at training camp, so we're going to talk a bunch of Rams. But next, let's give away some money. It's time to play Time to play Bash for Cash. So here's the deal. You listen for the cue in the commercial break. We're putting somebody on the air, and we're going to hopefully give somebody money. Bash for Cash is next. We're live in the Rams training camp. It's SLK on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, it's the SLK on 710 ESPN. We are live at Rams training camp. Clinton Yates. What up? The K part, Scott Kaplan, Greg Bergman, Laura Romo, the Mishbucha is in the, the house. That's right. And let's say good afternoon to Eddie Pohl, who is today's Bash for Cash contestant, repping Northridge. Eddie, what's happening, man? What's happening, guys? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. I love your show. I appreciate all that you guys do, and... Uh, a pleasure. I, I call in a lot of times, but nobody ever picks up, so it's the first time. Well, You're here now, brother. Yeah. You're here now. Thanks for listening. And I don't need—I don't want to speak for Clinton, but I love your show, just so you know. <laughs> hey, just for being our Bash for Cash contestant today, you've won a virtual meet and greet with Mookie Betts, courtesy of Body Armor. It's more than just a sports drink, so you should stock up on Body Armor sports drinks at your local Albertsons. And now, Eddie, here's how this works. You pick an Angel or a Dodger to hit a home run, and in what inning? And if you get the right player, you're going to win 300 bucks. If you get the right player and the right inning, it's 600 bucks. But here's the deal, everybody. If Eddie doesn't get it, tomorrow it's going up to $400 and $800. So, Clinton, I want to hear what Eddie's going to say. Let's hear it, Eddie. Eddie Pohl, Northridge. Who are you picking? <laughs> I got to go with Munts. Munsey. I'll go third inning. What inning? 
third inning. All right, that's a pick. Max Muncy, third inning. Appreciate that, Eddie. Make sure you listen tomorrow at 4.15 p.m. when we have another Bash for Cash contestant. Special thanks to Owning, bringing safety and simplicity to refinancing your home. Visit Owning.com for more info today. All right, good luck to Eddie. Hope he wins that Bash for Cash. I love that pick, by the way, Max Muncy. That's a huge pick for right now. He hasn't hit a home run against the Giants in like four games. He has eight on the season against the Giants. It's a good pick. It's okay. going to happen tonight. All right. I like it. I That's like it. That's not bad. Yeah, it gets, gets us out of the Otani box, you know what I'm saying, which we were in for a long time, which is a great pick. The guy's hitting bombs every night. He That's hit one last night. Yeah, I mean, he's hitting. I don't know he's, why. he's going nuts, you know, but anyway. Well, we are live at Rams training camp. Let me tell you what's going on here. As a matter of fact, Clinton, you ready? I'll, I'll, I'll do play-by-play, see if you can do color commentary. <laughs> sure. Here, here goes it. You are looking live at the campus of UC Irvine, where the L.A. Rams are hosting day one of their NFL training camp. The big storyline going in as we welcome you into the broadcast booth, everybody. Scott Kaplan, Clinton Yates. How are we doing tonight? Clinton, the arrival of Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford from Dallas. Baseball player, sidebar in high school, important back details. Saw him moving the feet in the drills. Agility, I'd say it's at an A at this point. Arm strength, you never really want to test that early, but looks good in the uniform, Kaplan, the number one scouting thing that matters to me. Clean jersey. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Do my best. Let, let me tell you what ESPN ought to do. They're going to have the, the Steve Levy, Lou Riddick broadcast on Love television. Love Lou. Okay, so do I. Then they're going to have the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, like sit there and watch the game like you're hanging out with the Mannings. Yeah. Why not add a third layer to this kind of broadcast where you and I have just shown off our skills immediately? Scott, you got to say please if you're going to ask me things that big. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm joking. They do have a lot of megacasts, though. They do it for college football a lot. That's fun. You know what I mean? When they'll throw on, like, just a bunch of friends or they'll have the coach's room. I like the coach's room. I would actually enjoy a coach's room broadcast on the NFL because there's so much that happens that I think people look at football and they're like oh yeah it's, there's one thing it's pretty simple but then there's the other side where people look at they look at a guy like your boy Gruden uh, Greg his playbook 500 word page, you know 500 pages worth of playbooks and like that's too complicated somewhere in between you got the coaches that can explain that's what I would like to see in the NFL well I'm in I'm in I want to let all ESPN executives know we're in a matter of fact I just got this email from whoever's now running like ESPN, the talent department, and I was like, yo, congratulations. You're awesome. Let's meet. And I'm going to pitch this idea. Good luck with that. Okay, thank you. Don't tell them I said, listen, television's Clinton Yates. Is well, wait a second. You may be television's Clinton Yates, <laughs> but aren't you also podcast's Clinton Yates I am. Now? Black History Always is launched today. Our first episode talks with Candace Cooper, who is a former competitive swimmer. She's the first black woman that ever swam at UNC. So we're talking about um, – the Olympic situation, everything that's going on around there, and there's a special treat in uh, Story 2 that you might want to check out. Audio requires sound up, as we say on the Instagrams, and I answer some emails, too. So we're launched today. I appreciate that, Scott, and we are off and moving. Congratulations. One more time the name so people can make sure they get it. Black History Always, Clinton Yates with The Undefeated. Check it out on all right. all, where you get all of your podcasts. All right, very good. <laughs> now, that's fun to say. Let me, let me talk to you two gentlemen about what took place last night between the Dodgers and the Giants. Right. And I, already I'm seeing facial gestures from Greg Bergman. There's no facial gestures. I'm just writing away. No, writing on the no. Rundown. I said, let me talk to you about what happened last night, and I saw your mouth clinch up like, damn it. Well, you know, it was frustrating. It wasn't great. It was not fun. That eighth inning sucked. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Well, the way I look at it is, here's Bellinger. 
He's making his first start at first base this season. Not that he hasn't played the position before. And you got to know, at least the way I think about it, what you're planning on doing with the ball if it comes to you and what the circumstances are. Runner on this base, runner on that base, this Situationals is what we call that in baseball. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's have a plan. You know, like when the ball comes to me, where am I going? And I didn't know if he faked the throw to second. He did. Okay. He did. But but did he do it intentionally? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, I'll explain what happened on that infield play. Okay. He faked Go that ahead. throw to second for the idea of making sure that the runner at third didn't advance. Now, the problem with the play, as Gregory and I discussed at our ramen lunch, we it did was, not agree. It by was the way. we did not agree. It was not the fake. I didn't have an issue with that. But you can't throw that ball across the diamond. I don't care if it's the perfect throw. The risk reward is too high in that particular situation for him to come across the diamond like that. As it turns out, he sailed it. But I didn't love the idea of throwing it over there to begin with. Now, he made the mistake and he owned up to it. But what did you say, Greg, about that decision-making process at lunch? There, there was a heads-up play that he was actually he – was, he did do the fake to second. And then throwing it over to third, I get it. was As long as you get the guy – it was Buster Posey on third base trying right. to get home. Right? So as long as you get him to go back towards third base, then I can understand where you're coming from, Clint, where you're trying to get it – then you can get that double play ball and go to second base and get those two outs. Yeah. The problem is that, yeah, there was that was going to be a close call at third base. Yeah. I didn't, look, I didn't think he was going to get him anyway, which was, was the thing, you know. And I, I feel like a guy like Bellinger, you talk about this all the time, when the Dodgers get their dudes back, well, they're going to start getting better. They're going to start making better decisions. All of a sudden, the, the problems are going to go away. Well, if Bellinger's going to come back and be throwing the ball all over the infield, that's not what we want. Well, somebody know? forgot to tell him last night that when you're throwing the ball from the warning track in center field to home, yeah. that's one kind of throw. He dialed that up pretty, pretty good. Right. Throwing the ball from first to third is a completely different kind of throw. And did you hear Dave Roberts after the game? Because Dave is legendary for covering his guys' backs. Did you hear what he said afterwards, like what his excuse was? What was that? He said that he thought that somebody got in his way. Somebody got into the field of vision. So I went back and watched the play like 100 times today. Do you not see it? No, I do, actually. I do see it. But things are happening so fast, you know. Um, if, If he really did airmail that because it was Muncy who came in front right. of him, right? Then then what is Muncy doing? No, that's why you don't throw the baseball. That's why you say eat it on the infield which, or put it in your pocket, one of those two terms. Because if that kind of traffic is happening where you know in between you or to your location, you're not going to get anything good out of that. That's my point exactly, is that that's a throw that you have to have cleared. He didn't, and he sailed it. It wasn't, yeah, wasn't Max, smart. Max Muncy was doing something that he was supposed to do. He was expecting Bellinger to go to second base. Yes. So he was crossing in front of Bellinger thinking, like, all right, he's going to go over to second base. He was taking his time. Now, if he would have gotten down or if he would have gotten out of the way faster, maybe, sure. maybe Cody Bellinger gets it across the infield probably not we don't know but the problem is that yeah he was in the field of vision the eye vision i understand what he's talking about thinking about it more and talking about it more with clinton (laughs) i actually i you do go to second base there as long as long as you make the fake first to keep to keep a runner yeah to keep him there so that you got the time you got the time to execute that play right it was just a bit of a boneheaded play and you're right cap the fact that he hasn't played the position in a while hasn't played any position in a while i think factors into that like i said before Dog days of summer, not a lot of reps. Those are the mental mistakes that screw you up. We saw it before with the play at second base between um, 
I'm forgetting it was now, Sheldon yeah, Noisy exactly. and Chris Taylor. You know, that, yep. That's the kind of stuff. That's that the kind of stuff just, that makes makes Greg lose his mind about Kenley Jansen. Well, no, but it's no, the kind of thing it. that yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that not just gives up runs, but will lose your games in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what you that's why you have to make sure that those errors go. Away. Well, luckily, and that you're talking about losing games in the playoffs. Sheldon Noisy is not going to be playing second base no, in the playoffs. He's and already DFA. And yeah. also, yeah, he's already DFA at that point. <laughs> and Cody Bellinger is going to be playing center field in the mm-hmm. playoffs, and Max Muncy's going to okay. be playing first. So those two situations are going to be different because you're out field is going to be most likely if you don't trade for somebody Pollock and then Bellinger in center right. and then uh, Mookie Betts in right field and by the way Clinton has already changed one time I've taken off the pink Oxford I have gotten down to a t-shirt because as I understand it's hotter out here than I thought we're going early to the tank top all right we're getting out of our offense we've abandoned the run game all right, and we are slinging it around at this point in the community. All right, that's the play call we got going here, Caps. So. I am going to be curious to see about the tank top that you are wearing because be it great. is underneath your T-shirt. And underneath I can, the T-shirt. I can definitely is, see it. This is a tease. Yeah, we got yeah. a little situation. I'm going to break this out for the fans here okay. a little bit. I'm okay. joking. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Should be fun. Oh, what do you yeah. got there? Is that a U.S. soccer Don't shirt? you? Yeah, well, yeah, guy, I don't want to be – I don't want the surprise t-shirt. to be blown. This is a U.S. You know? soccer T-shirt, but oh, this, okay. is just a, this is just like a warm-up shirt. You know, U.S. soccer, the ladies are playing overseas in the Olympics, you know, so – by Social the way, support. good to see the uh, the men's basketball team last night blast Iran. You know, I mean, you can't lose to Iran. I mean, you lose to France, at least you go, all right, look, they got a bunch of NBA guys on this team. You lose to Iran, you're like, yo, who they got? They got nobody, you know? So. Uh, well, well, the question was not whether or not they were going to lose to Iran. The question was not they were going to cover. And they covered glory. <laughs> it was a 40-point spread, bro. I didn't even gamble. And I saw that, and I was like, I don't know if this team could beat anybody by 40. It beat them by 60. It was amazing. All right, let me tell everybody, we're live at Rams training camp today. And this is awesome because you're going to hear behind us some cheering. Because I'm telling you, without exaggeration, there are probably – all right, I'm taking a guess here, but work with me here. I'm going to say there's probably three to 4,000 fans I'm not, here. I'm not good at this, so that, I'm not good at this, so I'm just going to take your estimates with, as, as fact. There might be 75,000 people here now that I look around, as a matter of fact. I mean, close to 100. I don't know. It's <laughs> a lot. Know? There's a lot. I mean, just, just, just – they're all, they're all staring at Cap, too. Just, Weird. Just everybody believe what I'm telling you, okay? Look, you're going to hear some oohs and ahs because they just were – quarterbacks were throwing deep, and when guys catch balls that are going to be touchdowns, the crowd gets into it. So it's going to be a lot of fun here this afternoon. Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, coming up at 445, but coming up next – overrated or underrated from the Rams training camp. That is next. This is SLK on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thank you very much, Chris. All right, here we go. And I'm going to give Cap. I'm going to be nice because you're in front of me. So I'm going to let you Google while we're talking. No, you're not Google. No. Can't you just find people that's, I yeah. know? No, that's I don't, not that, work. That's, that's not a part of the game. We're All not, right. You're not going to live Google. That's not going to work. You're yeah. right. You know what? I'm not going to, Clinton. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to actually admit when I don't know who somebody yeah, is. Perfect. perfect. All right. Perfect. We're going to we be honest here. I like it. All right, All right. Clinton. Yes. John David Washington. I'm familiar with his work. Son of. 
my dad's favorite actor, Denzel Washington, Denzel moving right along. I was waiting for Captain. All right, or I was going to say George Washington. <laughs> <I didn't know. laughs> John David Washington or Manu Ginobili. Overrated, underrated. John David Washington, I don't want to say he's overrated, but many of the movies he's in are overrated. The Tenant situation was unfortunate. <laughs> it was not the best. <laughs> I didn't watch that movie, but the rollout got caught in between with COVID and sort of the also natural extension of what we talked about before, which is movies coming into homes. So nobody I know really saw that or really understood it or saw it in a situation that they wanted it to. So we like John David Washington, but a lot of his projects, a little overrated. All right, Scott. Yeah, listen, um, I know Denzel. I just don't really know his kids' work. Really? So, yeah. You ever see Black Klansman or, or Tenet? Nope. Okay. He was also nope. in... Uh, uh, he was in Ballers. Yes. He was a he wide was, receiver okay. in Ballers. He was okay. in Ballers. That's, right. that, that was where most people probably heard yeah. of him at yeah. first, you know, because he was on that TV Big show. Big old beard. With yeah. The Rock. Yeah. Good-looking right. good young man. Member of the handsome man community, I for would, sure. I would believe it, given for who sure. his dad is. Yeah, great lineage. I feel like Manu Ginobili was a very underrated player. You know, and so just in this equation, perception of Manu is underrated and don't know the kids. So I'm going over. It. I don't even remember the, the character in Ballers. Manu Ginobili credited for the Euro step, even though Argentina not in Europe. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> I like it. Actual facts. Uh, all right, Scott. Bad news for James Harden and Trey Young, among others. Sham Sharania reported today that the NBA is going to train officials to identify non-basketball moves, such as launching into a defender, abruptly veering off path, kicking leg in an abnormal angle, and hooking defenders with an off arm. Is this move by the NBA overrated or underrated? Underrated. Do it. I'm so tired of guys doing that nonsense. What was the game? Was it AD? Did he, did he actually jump in the air and flail his leg and kick somebody right in the you-know-whats? Yes. Yeah, he almost yeah. got hurt, too. That's ridiculous, yeah. man. Yeah. Shocking. You know, right, because yeah. right, you know why? Because he fell to the ground, something I keep complaining about. Nonetheless, I hate those moves, those non-basketball moves. You know, by the way, while they're working with the referees, why don't they actually teach them what a travel is? Because how many times do I have to see four steps? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to tell me a carry is next? No. <laughs> I think this is underrated as well, but I don't think it's because of anything other than this is just the advancement of the game. And what do you want the game to be? You know what I mean? Like, you can watch James Harden stutter step and up fake all the way to the basket and call him the greatest offensive player of all time. But do you really want to watch that? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that most people do. And I think that this is not – this isn't some, like, larger conversation other than wanting to make the game more watchable. And particularly with the Olympics cap, you know, these FIBA refs, they're letting it all hang out. You can, you, you, you can play basketball on the world stage. And if the NBA gets closer to that, a lot of players become different skill set kind of players because it's not all this touch foul nonsense. I think it makes the game a better game for sure. All right. All right, Clinton, name image likeness is working, and not just for the bigger names in college sports. Right. Michigan reporter James T. Yoder was debating this very point on Twitter and said, perhaps for the stars to get paid, but you have, but you think people are going to buy a $50 hoodie from Luke Weipler? Weipler is an offensive lineman for Ohio State. Yeah. Well, he found... Weipler found out and made a $50 hoodie with this tweet as the centerpiece. And it's selling, and yes, Yoder has also bought one himself. So, is this move by Weipler overrated or underrated? I mean, it's a little overrated because that's a little that, – that plan is what I would like to call slapdash. You know what slap I'm saying? Dash. I'd like to believe that if I was a college athlete – not even if I was a college athlete. If I was advising a college athlete, that I'd have a little bit more than just a hoodie with a tweet on it as my go-to rollout – 
But like, hey, if he's if he figures he's got to cash in on his moment right now, and this is the best that he can do at this moment, why not? But. I'd like to believe that some of these schools, and I'm not really joking about this, some of these schools and some of these athletic programs are actually going to get their kids on the marketing path so they can get real deal experience in the world in order to build their brands. That's a good idea. Anybody who's a freshman in college who plays any sport should take Marketing 101 right away. I actually think it's a little underrated because most people actually would go, you know what I should do? I should take that tweet and I should put it on a hoodie. You know, But then most people actually don't ever go execute putting the tweet on the hoodie. <laughs> so I like the fact that the dude went and actually did it, and now that he's really selling him, so I'm going underrated. Okay. It is, and also he's an offensive lineman. You're not going to sell a lot of T-shirts as an offensive lineman usually, so this works. I like it. Unless you're selling to other offensive linemen. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Cap, so running sprints is a part of every coach's regimen when disciplining their players. I'm sure that we're going to watch some of these Rams players run some sprints at some point. But according to a new book about Giannis written by Mirren Fader, in 2014, then-head coach of the Bucks, Jason Kidd, made the team run sprints because one player had an android and it messed up the team group chat. The quote from the book re reads, at one point center Thon Maker didn't have an iPhone messing up the team's blue bubble iPhone group chat. Kid was upset about it and made the team run because Kid felt that Maker not getting an iPhone was an example of the team not being united. Is this overrated or underrated by Kid? Underrated. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> if, if I've got a team of guys and everybody's got an iPhone, then everybody's got an iPhone. And one guy should not have an iPhone because it screws everything up. If everybody's got an Android and one guy's got an iPhone, then the iPhone guy got to go and he's got to get himself an Android. These are pro basketball players. By the way, most of them probably have at least two phones, <laughs> maybe three or four. Okay, because you got to have certain phones for certain people. I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to assume you do. Okay, and, <laughs> and what I'm going to say is, is that I applaud Jason Kidd for that, and I'll bet you that ultimately the guy who didn't have the iPhone got an iPhone. I don't Phone maker. I don't like to applaud Jason Kidd for much, but I'll tell you this. Bravo. Get <laughs> the green bubbles out of here, bro. Jacking up the group chats left and right. This is a problem I deal with every single day. This is a relatable issue. And even on the team building front, this actually makes sense. It's like, yo, bro, we can't have this. <laughs> You know, this is just not good. This program does not operate that way. I'm fine with this. Like, I actually think this is a genuinely smart thing to do, even if kid is, you know, whatever he is. But, like, man, to have the cojones to just say, no, you're leaving the group chat because the green <laughs> bubbles, we can't do it. Amen. You either, you either get the right phone or, or get out make, of the group chat. Or you make everybody here suffer the consequences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, that, that whole thing where there's a thumbs up and you put it on like just the oh, blue blank and then it says, Thon Maker likes yeah, this. It, right, and it's like that, that defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> group chats, get it together. Oh, I'm, I'm like angry thinking about this now. <laughs> Frustrated. Going with it. Yes. All right, this is going to be the last one here, and it'll go to you, Clinton. Julie Kavner has been the voice of Marge Simpson on The Simpsons since its inception. Yeah. She has done everything for Marge, including singing and every other bit part that, he, that she's ever done. Until the season 33 premiere that's going to come out this fall. Kristen Bell is going to be sing huh. the singing voice for Marge this coming season in an all-musical episode. Is Belle getting a singing role on The Simpsons over Julie Kavner doing it, overrated or underrated? That's probably pretty underrated. I mean, that's cool. Like, the voices of The Simpsons are, have been like a news story for 20 years, you know, and somebody new coming into the fray 
is definitely news. I mean, as far as the voiceover world is concerned. I always wanted to be on a cartoon, by the way, Cap. That's like my side, that's like my, how do I say this? My dream side gig. Is that after is, hosting is, Jeopardy or is that before Je Jeopardy, Jeopardy is a pipe dream. Okay. This is a dream side gig. Okay. You know what I mean? Being on a cartoon. So yes, this is very underrated. I love the idea. I also think it's underrated, but for this reason, you know, there, there were other cartoons in your life where all of a sudden the character's voice was done by a different actor. Yeah. And even though the actor is trying to do the best job they can, like the original Fred Flintstone is the original Fred Flintstone. You know, what, you, you can tell the difference. So That got a ding, wow. Yeah, I'm saying underrated just because I think that the, the notion that somebody can just play the role, it's, it's hard to do. Yeah. It is. Now, I want to know, since we're talking about this, what cartoon do you want to be in? You're saying oh. you want to be in a cartoon, so there's got to be one. First of all, if they ever revive Aqua Teen Hunger Force, oh, great give your boy a shout. Oh, and or, if the Boondocks ever comes back, I'm available. <laughs> all right? That's all there is to that. See, I would wind up being in something stupid like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Scooby-Doo? Would you be in Scooby-Doo? That's know, a good one. Yeah, They're still going. I, I could be Shaggy. My name is Shakezula. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to sing the whole Aqua Teen Hunger Force song because nobody knows what that is. All right, we are live at Rams training camp, and in just a matter of moments, we expect Les Sneed, the general manager of the Rams, to be stopping by here at our location. We're right in between field one and field two. We got football players in football uniforms practicing football. That's training camp. There are thousands of Rams fans here and Les Need should be joining us coming up in just a matter of moments. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, we are live at Rams training camp along with Clinton Yates. What's up? Scott, How we doing? Yeah. Scott Kaplan of SLK. Bergman, unique. Our boss, Amanda Brown, is in the house. I Everybody's see here. Chris Morales is here. It's a family affair. I see our full team. And then there's Artis Twyman. Artis, the, the PR director of the Rams, I always like to see the PR director come around early. You know? <laughs> okay. No, I do. And usually I might even throw a, throw a mic on him and just go, yo, what's going on, man? Right. How's it going? And then he, he heard we were coming back on the air. He, he was like, bailed okay, out. I'm <laughs> out of here. He says, see you later. Yeah. I'm, Not going to happen. I'm gone. Uh, but Les Snead is making his way over here right Important now. Important update. Yeah. Go ahead. I have taken off a shirt. Mm -hmm. I've taken off another shirt. We are now in tank top mode. We call this the action proceedings. Would you like to describe the tank top, Gregory? Yeah, it's got a, it's got a bit of a rainbow color in the middle, stripes going across. But the base, two the base is a blue. Set. It is a blue and yellow with a yellow trim going for the Rams, obviously. Thank you. Right, and then a little I bit just of had corner. this on the side, and I decided to break it out. We're looking great. Perfect. All right, here we go, Clint Yates. Yeah. Les, Les Snead is standing by. He's about to put on the headset. I'm doing the play-by-play -play of this. Les Snead has put on the headset. He's, He's got a making, great pair of glasses, by himself, the way. Get himself comfortable. How come y'all get to see practice and I don't? Well, you can turn around. We don't have to look at you. <laughs> well, that and also, you know, if you really care, you can watch the film later. You're not, come on, man, really? That's good practice. Well, you know what? It'll be good to get an in independent point of view. What do you think? I mean, no, independent. I, I, what do you think? I, I said to Clinton, here's what I said. You ready? I watched Matthew Stafford throw his first ball today. You know what I decided? 
Super Bowl champions. <laughs> One throw, just wow. like that. What do you think about that? That is that's that's limited data and a big bet. I like it. I'll tell you this. I think you guys got a great setup out here. You know what I mean? I think these fans coming back, I think this is a fun situation. I think this is something, and I'm going to ask you this. How does this feel in terms of how players and how teams appreciate this kind of a setup? Well, here's a story from today. I was told Joe DiCamillis, our new special teams coach, uh, 33 years in the league, I think he went to Tony Pastores, who uh, Vice President of Football Admin kind of handles our cap and said, hey, Tony, if anybody ever complains about this camp, send them to my office. In 33 years, this is the best in the NFL. See? Wow. So, And he's got a lot of experience. So I, th- I think our players feel it. And I, I, Maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Has to be. There has to be some rose of the thorn right. But when you do go through a year, no fans, and then you come back and feel them and feel the energy – there, there is an element of, okay, we might have taken advantage of that energy. That that energy, when it's not there, it's not there. Yeah. And this is, this is neat. Even this is practice, and and then this Allen Iverson said practice is just practice, right? <laughs> but there is energy here. Yeah, there is. And, and I would be curious to get your feedback on what a new quarterback, a veteran quarterback, with Hall of Fame statistics behind his, his name, what does he bring to that energy? Well, I think the – the the totality of the big picture, right, we're a team that believes we can contend, right? Contend for the division, see where it goes from there. We have we have a a young team, but we got a lot of core pillars, core players that are in their prime. Uh, we've got a head coach who's maybe in his prime, hopefully a lot of years left, but definitely in his prime. And to be able to add a quarterback, right, who's got – that experience who's in the prime been in the prime and to be able to come here and just fit right in and add to it and not necessarily be intimidated maybe by expectations intimidated by a really really impressive head coach play all of those things uh just shows you what you know the actual let's call it experience and, and pelts on the wall uh can do for your psych and and who you really are. Les Nade joins us here on ESPN 710. But you mentioned expectations. That's a real thing. You know, new guy comes in, little, little couple more eyeballs on the on the football team. How do you all manage that in terms of who you are as a franchise? Never mind who you are in terms of your 22 that you're putting out there week one. It's interesting when you – there's times when I've been a part of teams, right, where – you go, wow, expectations are, are maybe a little much. It might Maybe you were a team that played well, finished 9-7, and seven, and next year you're supposed to be a playoff team, but you really hadn't made the playoffs yet. Or maybe you, you, you lost that playoff game, and, and the next year you're supposed to, to win it all. But wait a minute, you know how it is. got to get the monkey off the back in the playoffs first. So uh, there's times when expectations are – Maybe like, ooh, we, the cart's before the horse a little bit. Where we're at, we we believe we can contend, and I always say contend first to division and, and then go from there. And, and the only way to truly handle those expectations is really uh, the old cliche, right? Take it one day at a time, one practice at a time. What, what are we trying to improve on, right? Uh, that one thing at a time, right? One game at a time. When there's a different opponent, there's going to be a different attack. And, and that's the really the only – if you start looking at the top of the mountain, right, there's a good chance you might trip trying to get up there. So mm. best thing to do is, hey, take – it's a cliche. I try to give some nuanced examples of that, right? Like right now we lost a running back. So one of the things we got to do in camp at a specific level – 
at, you know, at the one practice at a time is figure out, hey, do we have the players in-house to handle this load, right? That wasn't a specific issue a couple of weeks ago, right? Expectation's still there, belief still there, but, right, we can, we can handle that by looking at it kind of in a microscopic way and taking it day by day. I actually wanted to ask you about that. We're talking to Les Snead. He's the general manager of the Rams. We're live here on SLK on 710 ESPN from Rams training camp at UC Irvine. In your job, can you describe to everybody listening how you ultimately form the roster? We're only in day one. What positions are really up for grabs? How many roster spots do you kind of already know? 40, 45. I mean, how many guys could actually out, out here in practice catch your eye and make the team? I mean, could you just talk to us about in your job how you ultimately create the roster? Yeah, because, right, running back's different, right? All of a sudden there's a somewhat urgent crisis. So, okay, now we got to figure out uh, can guys that we believe in, they just don't have experience, right? Can we trust them to, right, go get that experience on the clock? But there's also this element when you have to keep 53 players and, and you're built in a way where you're looking at 2021, but you're also looking at 23. How do you keep as many young players as possible? So there's these battles where, wow, we're going to have to cut some players that we probably like you want to strategize to maybe get them the practice squad and things like that, but you're always nervous. So it's interesting, probably position by position, right? There may be, uh, like, let's go back to running back. Coming into this camp, it was, hey, we knew our one and two. Who was going to be the third player on uh, game day maybe active? Who's getting that jersey? That that person might have needed to cover kicks more than he needed to run the football. Now all of a sudden those guys who were battling to cover kicks – are now battling to right carry the ball some battling to figure out hey can they pass pro when it's you know when it's crunch time on third down so uh, each position group probably has different scenarios going on in a case by case situation how's morale from a protocol standpoint i know things are a little different and after the no after the no fan season i mean each team each guy takes a different way i mean how are you guys in terms of how you're just getting the business of the football done at this stage especially with everything that's happening well i think i think Probably like everyone, once the planning and the protocols, uh, maybe the, the drama around that takes precedence as you're planning and, and all that. I think once you step in to begin the 2021 season, right, football's the main thing, uh, and that's going to dominate your day, and that's going to probably take the, the drama out of that, right? But remember, the protocols, uh, the vaccination, all that, right, is put in place, number one, right, to uh, – probably protect health number two is to mitigate spread and and those things are important and they're a priority and also probably bleeds into whether you're going to have a successful season or not based on whether you lose players because of the protocol or things like that so it's all working together it's it's just another variable but we, we went through it last year uh those lessons can be applied again this year because at the end of the day right Protecting health and then preventing spread is also going to bleed into right, a healthier football team on Sundays, which gives us a chance to beat the enemy. Les, how many years have you been the general manager of the Rams? You know what? I think this is going into year 10. And let's see. This is year five in L.A.? 
2016 was the first yeah, first year. First so. year. That night, the first game, Rams were playing the Niners. We're standing on the field in San Francisco. Oh, yes, I remember that. We're talking about Jared Goff because he was the first pick, but he wasn't starting that game. Who's the starting quarterback that night? Anybody? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. And I remember you and I talking about that night. You're like, you know, if Case Keenum were 6'5", that guy would have been like a first-round pick because his college career was spectacular. You know, Right. But Keenum to Goff, and here we are, Stafford. I mean, it, it really is an interesting thing to watch happen as the years go on and the players change and upgrades happen at positions, especially because most people thought you guys were locked into a contract. What made you think you could get out of that or get creative about trying to get out of that? It's, uh, I think, number one, you got to have, you have to have ownership who's understanding and is going to allow you uh, right to get out of that contract. And, and, and the cap's the easiest thing to handle, right? But there's some upfront cash that, uh, you invested in, but the the reason really gets down to hey, there was an opportunity to add someone like Matt Stafford. I mean, that's like when Brett Favre hit the market, he was close to forty, right? When Peyton Manning hit the market and was cut, it was coming off an injury. It's very unprecedented that a guy like Matthew Stafford with that experience at that position comes available. Now it's up to us to analyze that opportunity. Is the opportunity worth right going for? And if it is, hey, what's the cost of it? And you like anything, right? It's a it's cost benefit analysis. And we thought that you know adding math, Matthew Stafford, you know the benefits outweighed the cost. Last question: What's that place on your T-shirt, bro? That sounds like a cool joint, Christie's Village Cafe. Oh man, Malibu. it's it's my it's my favorite uh, neighborhood restaurant okay. so i'll check it out when i'm out you know it's, it may be for and my wife is probably because it's where i want to go every time we go out to eat <laughs> she likes a little more variety but uh christie's is a good we talking thing. breakfast lunch dinner what are we you talking know, I'm, i intermittent fast so it's only dinner but i think they do breakfast lunch and all right and and dinner but uh Shows. good yeah. malibu cuisine how do we have you almost cuisine cuisine there we go alabama man come on right <laughs> what'd you say i mean you're from alabama right yes yeah so that's yeah, they out. didn't do this in That's Alabama. what I'm getting at. There was <laughs> yeah, no that, Malibu cuisine there, cuisine. So it, yeah. it proves there is some element of evolution, right? <laughs> we all evolve thanks, for the man. good and the bad. Less appreciate it, man. Hey, dude, great to yeah. see you, man. Thank, thanks appreciate for having you, buddy. me. Yep, have thanks, a good practice. Man. Yeah, right on. Day one here at Rams Training Camp, and we are live here at Rams Training Camp, driven by your Southern California Hyundai dealers. Get the Hyundai you've always wanted. It's your journey own it clinton yates you just owned that conversation tank top we're out here you know what i'm saying he's a good guy man listen if a guy's gonna wear a t-shirt that has a cafe on the front i'm gonna ask a hundred percent hey that's, thank you Les. appreciate that's you that's buddy good. that's how that's gonna Thanks, work man. every that. single time yeah. so yeah i'm with you i love it man and now you see now once we got him talking that's it right now you know? now he's no, he didn't want to talk to right. us because he didn't want to watch practice right. now he can't stop talking no, funny. <laughs> i love it all right stick around um Definitely want to get back to the Dodgers and the Giants, and here's what I want to say. Clinton told us yesterday that this series against the Giants was must-win, and the Dodgers are down 0-1. We'll talk about yeah. that. I also want to get into this, this storyline and this perpetuation of this storyline of what is the Lakers' window with LeBron and AD that all of a sudden people are talking about today like it's breaking news. We'll get to that also. Plus, what you need to know is right around the corner. It's the SLK on 710 ESPN.